And welcome back, everybody, to another fabulous episode of Dr. PPR. I'm your host, Henry Markin. Again, that's Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper. Great drink, but not Dr. Pepper. And of course, definitely not Dr. PP. That would be a very different show with a very different doctor. I'm Dr. PPR, as in points per reception, and I specialize in fantasy football healthcare. I'm here to help you with your ailing fantasy football lineups and anything you may need, no matter who you are, because this weekend definitely exposed a lot about your roster, about the teams, about the NFL. I'll just say this first and foremost, the NFL won yesterday, no matter what happened to your team, to your fantasy, just know the NFL won. Okay. They had a team score 70 points in a day. 70 in the modern NFL, a team put up 70. This isn't big 12 football. This is one professional team to another put up 70. Um, Taylor Swift was in a box at a game because she is dating a tight end. She was in a box with the tight end's mother, Donna Kelsey. And we know that because the NFL won all last year. The number one podcast on Apple was New Heights with Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. And we were able to fully dive into their personal lives. And now Travis Kelsey, a tight end in Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas, Missouri, Missouri of all places, is now dating the most powerful woman on the face of the earth. And the NFL got her in a box. There was only rumors. And only speculation, different attempts publicly on Travis's part to Riz Taylor. Jason was trying to get in the mix, being funny on the radio, saying the rumors are 100% true, even though he just said that of his ass. No. T-Swift was with Travis's mother in a box. It's about as real as it gets. A statement made, um, the NFL uh, got about... I don't know, 3 million more fans, I'm sure, and counting. Uh, so your fan base, if you needed help at all, you got 3 million more plus, definitely. Let's see what else happened. The Cowboys lost, so that's always a win for the league. And, uh, oh yeah, Sunday Night Football was in Vegas. Again, a reminder of how far your league has come, that you are not only playing in Vegas, but playing well in Vegas. You have a Sunday night primetime game in Las Vegas, Nevada, a place that was deemed untrespassable forever. Um, you shall not go there. You shall not intertwine gambling and professional football. These are two entities that will not cross. The NFL is sacred. All that bullshit went out the door years ago when they saw the checks could pay for everything forever. And now Vegas is not only doing well and thriving, but will continue to hold historical legacy. They are hosting the Super Bowl this year. Um, the stadium is technologically advanced beyond most things on earth and it hosts football. Um, yeah, just an absolute powerhouse of an, a, a venue and just an amazing display of the NFL's legacy as of late. Um, 
And 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 by the way, the NFL is doing all this amidst horrifying injuries. Like people are are losing careers. Nick Chubb, thankfully, probably won't have a career suffering injury after all, but he's done. Um, somebody fucking died on the field last year. DeMar Hamlin died and then was brought back to life. Tua risk every game of his, 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 his ability to walk upright is on the line every single game. And you forget that because they put up 70 points. You forget that DeMar Hamlin was, was done. Doctors had to bring him back. And you forget that because Taylor Swift is in a box. So to that, I say the NFL won. Um, and we totally forget about the dangers of football and sort of the catastrophes that come with this very violent sport. And, and uh, they win. They, they, they just, they brainwashed you. They swept you. Am I complaining? No. It's amazing television. But as a doctor, I'm just saying they won. Uh, and they'll stay winning because fantasy. Okay. End of September. We are pretty much, we're pretty much looking at like what is becoming solid and what is crystallizing the truth. What is becoming a hardened, I'm, I'm trying to get deep. We know what's true and we know it's bullshit. The, the thing is, if you have a couple of these players that went off this week, you got to be stoked. I mean, you got to be stoked if you have Tyreek, got Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, Amari Cooper, Tua, Devonta Adams, Mostert, Mahomes. You're pretty stoked. In fact, I'm going to say there are three options. If you have any of those players above, you're stoked. If you have any of these players Joe Burrow, Derrick Henry, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Josh Jacobs, Trevor Lawrence, Mike Williams. You're worried. You're probably one and two or lucky two and one, thanks to the Cowboys defense on week one or a lucky save from one of these guys, Garrett Wilson snagging a ball. You're barely one and two or a really lucky two and one. Tier one, again. You're probably three and zero and two and one. Unfortunate two and one. If you played someone that went off of like 180, 190 in PPR league, standard league, one twenty, one thirty. But if you have any of these guys I mentioned, tier one guys: Tyreek, McCaffrey, Pollard, Cooper, Tua, Devontae, Mostert, Mahomes. Life's pretty good. Fantasy football is fun. Sure, you lost this week. You put up a dog fight. You're not worried. It's a long season. You had to lose at some point. Um, you're you're stoked. Fantasy football is fun. You don't have to do much work. You kind of just set your lineup. You look at the waiver wire. If there's anybody interesting, you put your name out there. You try to grab somebody, but you can't because point differential, you're really high up in the rankings. You won't get them. You probably couldn't get Puka Nakua last week because you were ranked number one or number two. Those are tier one. The tier two, the you're worried guys. You're close. You're close. I mean, Derek Henry's making you sweat. You got him pretty early in the draft, I'm sure. And you paired him with a guy like Garrett Wilson or, or Jalen Waddle. You thought, okay, here we go. I got a great one-two punch. No, looks very different than it did in August. And Jalen Waddle didn't even sniff success despite the Dolphins putting up 70, which is worrisome. It's not over, but it's worrisome, right? 
And then you got Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he should be running the AFC South backwards by now. And they're one and two. They just got boat raced by the Texans. Huh. That's odd. Not over, but you're worried. And of course, Mike Williams. Good God. I mean, this guy, this poor guy, he can't stay healthy. But for the life of me, why would you ever draft him? I mean, he's just a turkey every year. Just by Thanksgiving, he's already cooked. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no season where Mike Williams just shows up every single game, puts up numbers, and then season's over. He does it again next year. That just hasn't happened. Um, more on the Chargers in a second. I have a whole thing on the Chargers. So that's the your worried section. So I mentioned your Stoke section, your worried section. This is the your fuck section. Excuse my language. I'm a doctor. I got to be better about that. The, my bedside manner has been horrible as of late. This is the you're in trouble section. You got Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Justin Fields, actually anyone in the Bears or the Broncos for that matter. Uh, your situation is near terminal. You're lucky to be two and one. Again, maybe you had the Cowboys defense save you in week one. You're likely 0-3, and, and you're really worried about getting in last place. Like, winning the league is no longer an option. You are fighting for survival. Fantasy football is not fun anymore. Every week is stressful. You now have two jobs. That's the you're in trouble section. So again, three weeks into the year, we're end of September. You're one of three people. In category, you're stoked. Where fantasy football is great. You can't even pick up anybody. The waiver wire doesn't matter. You won't get the best guys. You just set it, forget it. Your roster looks great. You only need to listen to this show for preventative care purposes. Like, think of it as a yearly physical. Just a clean bill of health, just to make sure you're all good. You're not doing anything stupid. But for the most part, you refer to this show every so often if at all. And you don't even just make sure you're doing what I'm telling you to do. And you've probably been doing it on your own this whole time. So you're good. Tier two, you're worried. You can't win the league without me or without help. Uh, but there is no ceiling if you use my help. Consider me uh, a rehabilitation service. You're in rehab. It's going to be a long road without me. In fact, there may, no, there may not be a road at all. Uh, but with me, you know, play the waivers, get back on track. This blunder in the first couple of weeks, it'll just be a blunder. And then there's tier three. You're in trouble. Uh, the season is probably over for you. You're now playing against time. And uh, you need me. In fact, if you don't have someone like me in your corner, you will die. You will get last place. And whatever punishment lies ahead for you is not just a guarantee, but could be your legacy for years to come. You could be in that league where if you lose, you're out of the league. Multiple last place finishes result in permanent exile. I'm here to help. I'm trying to help you no matter what category you're in, no matter who you are, whether you're stoked about fantasy football, whether you're worried about your team, or whether it's become a second job. I'm here to help, no matter who you are. Okay, so on that note, make sure you listen to my Tuesday 
episodes, that's when I go over my prescriptions, the doctor's orders, who to draft, or I guess pick up off the waiver wires, uh, who to bench for sure. Like we go over all over the iffy players, everyone who is considered a threat to you. We talk about who to trade, who to get, and it gets contradictory, right? Because if you're listening to my show, you might have a player that someone I'm telling you to trade for. So that also helps. Like, for example, if I'm saying you should definitely trade DJ Moore and you have DJ Moore, but someone in your league also listens to the show and is trying to trade for DJ Moore, I'm sorry, I accidentally fucked you over. My apologies. I mean, I, I can't help if I become that popular. If you listen to me, consider me sort of your, I mean, while I'm up and coming, of course, you're, you're um, a fairy godmother. Not everyone has me yet, but hopefully with time and through um, my success as a doctor, as a physician in fantasy football, we pop off and that becomes a problem. It's a good problem to have for me. Um, okay, quick recap. Again, I, I have a lot of patience, but not a lot of patience. So I like to make these episodes quick. The Bears are done. I mean, this season is done. No, like, it was done before they played the Chiefs because there was no way the Chiefs were ever going to lose. As long as Taylor Swift was in the building, the Bears were a true blank space of a franchise that day. Like, the city of Chicago had no football team as far as anyone was concerned while Taylor Swift was in a box. They were never going to lose. They were never going to lose. The NFL would never allow that. And Travis Kelsey was always going to score. That was a lock. The second Adam Schefter broke the news that Taylor Swift is at Arrowhead, it was a lock. It was done. Like, I'm sure Andy Reid did whatever he could to get Travis the ball. Mahomes probably ignored simple passing trees and play calls to get Travis the ball in the end zone. Like, I'm surprised he didn't have a three-touchdown game. I mean, why not? He's like the best tight end in football. You might as well give him as much... Well, he doesn't need much more Riz. He's the guy's so fucking cool. I was gonna say you might as well just why don't we just run, you know, ISO, fade right, whatever, a couple more times. But who cares? Anyway, the Bears are done. Um they're 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 hopeless. Like there is something fundamentally wrong with the Bears. I, I don't even know what to diagnose them for because they were struck with just awful luck this past week. Their facility was raided and looted. $100,000 worth of gear is now gone. Uh, a defensive coordinator resigned, and there was rumors that there was an FBI raid at his house. Fields obviously blamed the coach in one interview. It, so it seemed in the next interview he had, he, he took the responsibility on himself. So it, I'm sure he's going through just a roller coaster of emotions. DJ Moore is dropping balls. Like I like even when Fields does throw a great ball and DJ Moore drops it, that's still an incompletion. I'm sorry, but four pass completions in the first half, 11 all game in the NFL, that's not going to work. And yeah, you're a running quarterback and you could score. You and you did get the ball in the end zone, but he was a high draft pick. People thought this man was going to win MVP. I'm sorry. I think it's time to say goodbye to Fields. Don't drop him, but you don't play him. Put him on your bench. And this is sort of like a, you know, a, a bench for the time being, but consider this a likely goodbye for the season without dropping, just on the bench. Same with DJ Moore, Herbert, Darnell Mooney. Like, just 
put him on the bench. I, I, I don't want to invest in the Bears. They're playing the Broncos this week. That's probably going to be the worst game in television history. Um, I don't want any part of it. Even if all the Bears go off, I, I feel like that game's going to be like 13 to 10. Just for the time being, as your doctor, my best advice to you, I, I need a guarantee that those guys are going to go off. And I just don't have it for the rest of the year. I don't have it. So bench him. And speaking of the Broncos, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, the Broncos-Dolphins game was a massacre from the start. Um, but, ooh, like, like horrifying to watch, no doubt. But what makes it worse is Nathaniel Hackett's Broncos team last year was really bad and obviously a, a nightmare. The public shamed him, all these expectations. Russ was a cringe god. Uh, this team may be worse. Like Sean Payton went out, called out Nathaniel Hackett, said it was one of the worst coaching stints in NFL history. No, no, no. <laughs> this could be worse, right? You just got 70 bombed on the road in the NFL. That doesn't happen. You That shouldn't happen. The Dolphins are good. No doubt they're a good team. They're creative. Mike McDaniel is obviously a play calling wizard, maybe the next Shanahan, if you will, probably even more cracked down creative than Shanahan. He's probably the, um, the drunk Shanahan, right? Like, let's do this play. We'd never do it. We'd never run it. Let's just practice it. And then you fucking run in a game and it works like the drunk crazy friend. It's probably not going to result in a Super Bowl win for the dolphins because injuries and that kind of play calling is just, it's not stable. You can't put your house on it, but you know, you can have a great time while it's happening. Seem is good, but I think the Broncos Dolphins game wasn't a display of the Dolphins firepower, but really just to display of how dumb the Broncos are. I talked last week. The Bronco by nature is really just a horse that isn't trained. It's a wild horse. So in other words, it's just a stupid horse. That's exactly what this team is. Just a bunch of stupid animals. Like First quarter, you're leaving Tyreek Hill wide open? Why? That is the most dangerous man in football if he's given space. Why would you do that? Like, what coverage are you running that he's just sitting in the open field with room to run? This man is the fastest player in the NFL. Why are you thinking this is a good idea? What coverage is this? Who practices this? Like, I don't even know what to diagnose you for, Coach Payton. Like, blindness? Are, are you drunk? Like, what what happened here? The rest of the game is whatever. You, you set the tone right away with just being a, a moron. Like, I don't know whether to suggest it. I don't know if you need, like, assisted living. <laughs> or if it's, it's, it's like, oh, my God. Uh, oh my God, just awful. Um, but yeah, Sean Payton, you're in the hot seat. Uh, the Dolphins are good, perhaps really good, maybe in that elite tier. Uh, but this game was more about how dumb the Broncos are. Uh, so for that, I, I cannot in good conscience allow any of my patients to invest in the Broncos in the time being. Just bench them until further notice. Um, yeah, I just if you have Jerry Judy or... Cortland Sutton, 
uh, Broncos running back. I, I, I don't even think it's worth it. Just bench him. Definitely not playing Russ. God. Another ugly team, Jets. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hate to say it. I was definitely wrong about Zach Wilson's opportunity. Like, I didn't say Zach Wilson would go off, but I looked at Aaron Rodgers' injury as, like, the most, I would say, forgiving second chance of all time. Like, you have this amazing roster now. The defense is stacked. The offense has a few more weapons. All the hype in the world. Every Jets fan is coming together. You have every opportunity to be good. Not even great, just good. And what an amazing opportunity. A second chance like this never comes. And you've got to train with Rodgers all offseason. An absolute renaissance in the making. Turned to shit. Ugh. Yeah, I hate to say it, but until there's like a serious change at quarterback... Or someone at practice like literally tweets like, wait a minute, he found it. Zach Wilson figured it out. He's fine. I would say you got to bench all Jets players. Garrett Wilson included. I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I can't allow you to send him out like that while Zach Wilson is playing the way he's playing. It's just, I mean, as a doctor, I need a guarantee that Zach Wilson is going to be somewhat capable in the pocket. I just don't have that yet. Like you can't rely on Garrett Wilson getting 13, 14 ish points because they barely scrape their way down the field. And luckily the one touchdown they throw is to him. That's not, that's not good healthcare practice. So until further notice, you're benching Garrett Wilson. I'm sorry. Um, and I'm really close on Derrick Henry in that same category too, by the way, that offense, that Titan offense, I don't know what's going on in Nashville. Maybe they're just hitting Broadway every single weekend. But man, that is an abysmal display. Seriously. And that division is supposed to be up for grabs. Like, obviously the Jaguars look the best going into this season, but that says a lot. If the Jaguars are are ready to pounce on any first place title of the AFC South, that means the division is wide open. And the Titans, granted, they played Cleveland, who is a great team. I mean, Cleveland is a great football team. They just lost Nick Chubb, but their defense is amazing. So hard to play. And Cleveland should be 3-0. and uh, They're, I mean, the, the Steelers scored two touchdowns, two bullshit touchdowns against the Browns on Monday night. If those don't happen, Cleveland is 3-0 and looking really good. Granted, Deshaun Watson is probably still a scumbag and making dumb plays here and there. But they're a good team. So they were always going to beat the Titans. I had that last week. That was one of my calls. But... God, Titans look abysmal. I'm close on Derrick Henry in terms of benching him. I, I don't want to say it. It's, I don't want that on the airwaves because the second, I mean, we see this every year. Derrick Henry kind of starts off eh, kind of here or there, putting up barely anything week two, week three. But then what makes Derrick Henry so good is his ability to stay durable all year, right? His, his perseverance and his workouts that allow him to stay strong and, and allow him to progress as the year goes on, the wear and tear on most running backs are visible, not on him. He just gets better as the year goes on. So that's the caveat with Derrick Henry. You're not benching him yet because he could get hot. Uh, his durability, his endurance, that's that's how he is as a player. But I'm close. Kind of close on Josh Jacobs too, by the way. Um, that 
again, Steelers have a good defense and TJ Watt is him, right? But I mean, they're pretty much abandoning the run most of the time, which is concerning if Josh Jacobs is your running back and they're turning their heads on the running game. That's concerning as a doctor. Um, but I, you know, he looked okay. He got some balls caught and I, I'm still waiting for him to have that big three or four touchdown game, which I know he can do. He did it last year. You know, again, Carr may have been more a dump off thrower than Jimmy G is because Jimmy G is a lot more accurate than Carr. But I'm a little worried about how tentative that offense can look because of Jimmy. Sometimes it feels like the second there's pressure, they're fucked. Uh, they haven't really played an easy team yet. You know, they played Denver in a home opener, which may have felt like an easy, easy win, but it wasn't. I mean, it's a home opener. It's everyone's it's Jimmy's first time. That's not an easy game on the road. Um, going to Buffalo, not easy. And then against Pittsburgh, one of the best, supposedly one of the best defenses in the, in the, in the league. So uh, again, hold off on Josh Jacobs. Don't need to panic. I would panic if you have Najee Harris though. Um, like that offense just looks odd. And uh, I don't know why people were hyping up Kenny Pickett after three off season preseason games, like who fucking cares? But I guess everyone and their mom listened to Colin Cowherd and co just glaze this dude to infinity. And for whatever reason, Najee Harris benefited from all that glazing. He, he is not looking good and and he like he is a great running back but that offense with matt can a call and plays it just doesn't make any sense like third and ten we're gonna do we're gonna do a toss left like why okay you're just gonna screw him over so i would say next time Najee harris has a big game or even a good game trade him in a package no one will take Najee harris right now have him be packaged up with someone that people would desire for on their team Get rid of him. You, Najee Harris is too good to be on your bench uh, because he's a big name guy. You don't want to bench him because then we're going to play like Rashad White or Miles Sanders. That doesn't seem right. Trade him. Get rid of Najee Harris. He has value. He is a good player. Uh, he's from my Bay Area, so just I, I hate to see him not succeed. But you don't need him on your team in this in this fashion. Chargers Vikings, the battle of mid. Seriously, these are two of the most. They're the, they're the same teams. The Chargers and the Vikings, they're the same teams. Truly the battle of mid. So the Chargers would have lost. Staley would have been fired and not taken the team plane home from Minnesota. He would have taken two flights like most of us. Uh, And if the Chargers lose a game for the rest of the year because of Coach Staley's moronic decision-making processes and every single thing that makes him the memeable and odd coach he is he's gone like from here on out if he loses them the game he's toast that's my prediction that's that's my diagnosis i mean he went for it in fourth and inches from their own 20 with a lead any nor any normal person would have punted it or tried to do a hard count or anything but you gamble not normal now if you gamble and get it you're a genius but they didn't get it you're an idiot. That's how gambling works. It works with Dan Campbell because he's a good gambler. And in many ways, I feel like he's so good at gambling that he scares things into fruition, into action. Staley is not Dan Campbell. He cannot inspire 
anyone to run through a brick wall any day of the week, no matter how weak that brick wall may be. And not may not even be a brick wall at all. It may be a wall of straws. I couldn't do it. Nobody can. Staley is on a tight leash for the rest of the year. And that sucks because Herbert is having an amazing year. And honestly, the Chargers are a lot better than what their record is. They're just hindered by that coach. That's why they're mid. If you have a bad coach, you're always going to be mid. So keep an eye on that. Herbert owners, obviously never good to have a middle of the year coaching situation. So just, um, you know, keep, keep watch. Mike Williams is obviously done. I talked about that already. Keenan Allen is looking great so far. If he's going to stay healthy, he's going to be an amazing weapon all year. But if he can stay healthy is the, is the, is the caveat there is the asterisk. Uh, my diagnosis is that he won't. He just, he just can't. I don't know what the training deal is over there in the chargers and why these receivers just can't stay healthy or why anyone can stay healthy over there for that matter. It's, Honestly, grounds for an investigation of just malpractice. But I would say trade Keenan Allen. You may want to. You may you should be interested. Um, he won't last the full season. And this is this is not like my Tua call where it's like, oh, if he gets hit, he'll be branded. He just won't. Keenan Allen, he's he's just too brittle. Unfortunately, he's injury prone. Um and I'm not rooting for injury. I'm just saying he he just he only missed a couple of games. He will. Um, and if you're relying on him, that sucks. So I would trade him because he's gonna have a good year when he's playing, because he's now the clear target, and they're gonna be throwing because that defense is horrid. But I would trade him. Yeah, that's what I would do if it was me. The Vikings are a joke. I mean, whoever lost this game going into week four, oh and three, your season is looking really bad. Both these divisions are, you're in a place where you should, I mean, you got to win your division because the wild cards are going to be a mess. Um, you know, chargers could give chiefs a run for their money. If Brandon Staley wasn't just dipshit. Uh, but the Vikings, Oh, they are, this is what the Vikings are. They'll do all the right things. Picture someone look perfectly healthy, Right. They get plenty of exercise, plenty of rest. They eat their vegetables. They see their doctor. Everything looks great. I mean, Kirk Cousins was leading the league in passing. They get probably the best receiver in the NFL. Probably you know, he's the future of the league. Got some pretty good players on defense. Got a great tight end. Got a pretty good coach. He's a smart coach. They're always in it. They're just always in it. And then they'll just go add battery acid to their smoothie. Or they'll drink bleach and they'll think it's it's like, oh, I thought it was water. Like they, they just do something sometimes that's just so stupid. It's just like, yes, this will this is this will cost you the season. Like, not a little mistake, just something so dumb. Like, why why not have nine fumbles in three games? I don't know, because it's stupid. It's just so dumb. It just makes no sense to me. Um, so I would say. It, nothing changes if you have been playing Kirk Cousins. Keep playing him. He's going to keep doing what he's doing. That, that while they're making dipshit plays, he's going to get garbage time points. Jay Jettis got in the end zone. He looks great. He's going to get targets. Don't stop playing him. No matter how pissed off he looks on the bench, he's going to keep going off. Hawkinson's great. Um, solid tight end. I'm not crazy about Madison. I said that last week. Said that this week. Don't don't play him. Um, He's just, he's a fumbling machine. 
just a, a, a vacuum of mid and energy, an energy vacuum. So I'm not crazy about him. Uh, also not crazy about the Falcons. In fact, I would put them in this category of teams to say goodbye to on the exception of Bajan Robinson. Yeah, I think Bajan is the only bright spot on that team. But Drake London, bench him. Kyle Pitts, bench him. Like these guys, just wash him out of your lineup. Your starting lineup, at least. Um, just there, there's no, there's no, there's nothing about them that, that, that I need a guarantee. And they're just playing peekaboo each week. So yeah, I not, not, not crazy about the Falcons. I'm looking over a couple more teams right now. I, I would say the same thing about uh, Jacksonville, you know, uh, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, <sighs> keep your eye on them. They're going to be one and two. They're playing pretty mid football. They're going to Atlanta of all teams. I would say, say goodbye to Atlanta, except for Bijan Bencham. Keep a close watch on Jacksonville. Uh, like Calvin Ridley, I would play him. I would also probably, I'd probably play one more week of Trevor Lawrence before I put him on the same grounds as Joe Burrow, where if you have somebody better, you bench him. Um, but Atlanta definitely off my radar. I'll tell you who's on my radar is Houston. Stroud on my radar. Stroud, start him. If you have CJ Stroud, pick him up, start him. The guy throws. They're going to Buffalo next week. I think Stroud gets it done no matter who they play. They could they're probably gonna lose, but they got they got or I'm sorry, no, Stroud's not going to Buffalo. Who who, who are they where are they gonna go? That, that's a mistake. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That that's malpractice on my end. No. Houston is playing Pittsburgh at home. I love that game. I love that game. Yep. Stroud, play him. Start him. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins, Robert Woods. Now this new guy, Dell. Yeah. I, I, I Dell was, Dell's on my watch list this week. He went off. Um, uh, Stroud can play. You don't need, you don't need to deal with Justin Fields or, Freaking Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow right now. Just play the guys that are hot. Stroud's hot. Play Stroud. Okay. Uh, a lot more to talk about in the days to come. I just want to get the big things out in the airwaves. Still have two games tonight. Joe Burrow is playing Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, Puka Nakua is probably going to have a good game. A lot of targets. I think I like the Rams in this game. I was, I was saying that I, I think... Bengals are going to do whatever they can to just get in the win column. They will. I, I like the Rams on the road. They just look so efficient. Like they finally got a running game with Kyron Williams. I, I think Puka Nakua may be him. I don't know. I, I think just because you have a good quarterback doesn't mean everything anymore. Uh, Bengals defense is awful. Really bad. Like the Rams cut through the Niners pretty easily. Like if Stafford could stay efficient, hell, I'm gonna say it. Rams money line, take it. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna do that tonight. I like Rams being two and one, making the Niners sweat all year. Seattle's okay. Seattle's not gonna make the Niners sweat like the Rams will. Rams are good. And when Cooper Cup gets back, that's gonna be a pretty dangerous team because they got a good defense. The Rams have a good defense. Aaron Donald. I don't know why people think the Rams are just pushovers. Aaron Donald is incredible. 
And and having a guy like Aaron Donald is everything. It's like what the Steelers have in Watt, if not honestly, probably better. Probably I think Aaron Donald's probably a little better than TJ Watt. I do. I do. This bigger, probably nice quick, but definitely more impactful. Um obviously Watts scored for Cleveland, so that would skew you otherwise. But no, I, I think I think I think Burrow is going to do whatever they can to get back in the wind calm. And they're going to change their game plan, probably run the game, you know, run the ball more tonight, you know, run the game quite literally. And it may not work. I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would have said to start Joe Burrow this week, because I would need a guarantee that he's going to explode. They may, you know, if the Bengals win, it could be a tight game. See the over under is 45. Yeah. It's supposed to be kind of a defensive deal. Yeah, I'm going to say take the Rams money line. That's what I got. So, yeah. Anyways, on that note, folks, uh, make sure you eat your vegetables, get plenty of rest, and listen to your doctor because there is a, uh, there's a lot that can happen in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Um, tomorrow, Tuesday's episode is big. Prescriptions. Make sure you listen if you're one of those three tiers. And, yeah, I'd say – I'd say you're either stoked, worried, or in trouble. All three could listen to this episode because I'm helping everyone. Okay, folks, like I said, eat your vegetables, get plenty of rest, and listen to your doctor. This is Dr. PPR. I'm your host, Henry Markin. Have a great day.